BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all and live your best life. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It seems like a lot of people are struggling with eating habits this year, and I've been getting a lot of messages about like binge eating, emotional eating, staying consistent with eating healthy, intuitive eating, all of that. And I personally tend to kind of like vacillate between different approaches, one being that we should give ourselves grace right now and it's okay to eat our feelings sometimes. And I've been pretty lax about dietary restrictions, which I talk about in this episode. And then I also think, of course, a good diet can help keep us healthy and keep our bodies in fighting shape if we happen to catch a virus. But there is a middle ground and this episode really covers that. I just love Vanessa's approach. So Vanessa Rosetto, my guest, is a registered dietitian who co-founded Kalina Health. She has celebrity clients and she's the dietetic internship director at NYU. Vanessa's approach to nutrition is super custom to each client. She believes that you have 35 chances a week to eat well and that each meal is a new opportunity. While she doesn't believe in sticking to strict diets, she meets the client where they're at, whether that is wanting to lose weight or changing their emotional relationship to food. And she shares a great tip in this episode towards the end when it comes to cravings. And I've been implementing it since we recorded this, and it's pretty amazing how effective it is. And I just love this episode so much. I think you guys will too. So enjoy. Okay. So welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Super excited to chat all things nutrition. And it's interesting. I was listening to another podcast that you did. um, And I did a podcast last week with a a doctor. He's a bariatric doctor and a lipidologist Mm -hmm. talking about like myth busting all these diet trends. And I've had such a huge response because I think so many people feel like 
there are so many experts out there now, right? And there's so yep. much information, conflicting diet information, all these trends and everything. And people just don't know where to start. And you kind of addressed it in the podcast that I was listening to. So I really want to get into that with you today. Why don't we yeah. start by having you just tell us a little bit about your training and what you do now? Yeah. So I am, uh, I actually have a master's in marketing from NYU when I worked in media for a really long time, but I always loved science. So I decided to go back to school and become a dietitian. And then I was trained, um, I went to NYU and then I was trained at Mount Sinai where I worked in, um, GI and bariatric surgery and transplant. So a lot of acute situations, which I think is really good because it gives you a foundation to be able to do a lot of other things. You can think about somebody medically, and then you'll be able to, in an even way, give them really sound um, education and advice on how to help them with whatever their goals might be. Then I went and worked in home infusion with, with like really, really sick people. Um, and then I decided to just take a leap of faith and open my own private practice, which I did. And then I decided to join practices with another um, dietitian, Tamar. So we have Kalina Health. And then uh, most recently, I was asked to become the um, acting director for the dietetic internship at NYU. So it's like come full circle. And now I get to teach other people how to be dietitians, which I think is really important because I think in this field, um, there aren't that many of us, and I believe that people need to be mentored. And as you're saying, you know, there's all there are all these people out there who think that they're experts, and and maybe and maybe they do know a lot, but we know a lot. You know, I mean, we sit in class next to doctors and nurses, and we learn biochemistry and anatomy and physiology, so we learn the same things. So why aren't people utilizing us? Because we are such a wealth of information and knowledge, like we can really help. And so I think it's. You know, I think that Instagram is a really great thing because it's actually shown that we are out there and, and we're relatable and we're not just like these really rich women living on the Upper East Side, right? Like telling you to eat crackers all day long. So it's like, good, there's like real people. Um, so I think, I think it's great. And I, I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited for what the, the future of nutrition and dietetics is. Was, was that a little shade at, at what's going on lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know, we got to give that, we got to give her props. She, you know, 20 years ago made nutrition a thing. She had a right. business. She, she, so you got to give her credit for that. And she's a businesswoman and whatever else. I mean, you know, I wish her well. I just think that, I think that, you know, back to this point, right? Like there are people like us that have been trained and everybody has a different philosophy, right? And so yeah. some people, you know, like our philosophy and our practice is really like holistic. Like we want to look at the whole person. We want to let you know that you have 35 chances a week to eat well, 32 times you should be able to hit your goal. Like you can have a glass of wine, you can have some pizza, you can have some cookies and it's really up to you, right? Like if you are really hyper-focused and you want to get this weight off, then we're going to help you. And, you know, if some people are like, no, actually I need to have my glass of wine every week and I need to have cookies every night, then I have to make that work for you. I have to make it realistic so that you can be successful. I think that's the piece that maybe, because, you know, nutrition is like, um, it's not, it's not fast and slick. It's not sexy. Right. When you had the fast and slick boyfriend, what happened to that guy? We don't right. know. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but you married the stable guy. Right? <laughs> like you love that guy. You know what I mean? Like the guy that was gonna get you through all the stuff. Right. Yeah. And so that's the thing. When you do something fast and slick, it's not sticking, it's not working. There it's always gonna be tough. So I think that's something that people forget.
You already know I'm obsessed with my blue light blocking glasses. I talk about it all the time on here. I share about it on Instagram, but I just got some red lights, like red light bulbs and this amazing sleep mask from Blue Blocks. And let me tell you, I have been falling asleep right away and sleeping until 7 a.m., which is unheard of for me. Okay, unheard of. I switched out the light by my bed to a red light. And when I'm reading at night, I can tell such a big difference in my energy. Like I naturally get tired instead of having to kind of force myself to turn off the lights and go to sleep, if that makes sense. And the mask blocks out all the light and it's so soft and comfortable. I feel like I've been missing out on the best sleep ever all this time. So Blue Blocks really is the leader in all things light therapy. And they also, as I mentioned, make my favorite glasses that you see me wearing all the time over on the gram. They are the original Blue Blockers. They're created in optics laboratory conditions and they block out the blue light causing things like digital eye strain, anxiety, insomnia, and dry or watery eyes. Unlike other companies who have no understanding of how light impacts our health, Blue Blocks are backed by the latest science and research. Blue Blocks has high quality lenses for daytime, nighttime, and for color therapy, exactly in line with the suggested peer-reviewed academic literature. They have over 20 stylish frames to choose from and come in prescription, non-prescription, and readers. So if you want to get your energy back, get the best sleep ever, and block out the unhealthy effects of blue light, go to Blue Blocks today and get free shipping worldwide and 15% off with the code BLONDE or go to blueblocks.com blonde. Through their work with Restoring Vision, for each pair of Blue Blocks purchased, they also donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. So you're not only helping yourself, but you're helping someone else. So again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X, with the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, or blueblocks.com slash blonde for 15% off. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez, and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. I wanted to ask you about your, your food philosophy. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I, I just think you can eat whatever you want. You, you really can. It's what is your goal? If you, you know, are having GI issues every time you eat dairy, then we have to cut that out, right? We have to be sensible. Um, If you want to lose 10 pounds, also there's nothing wrong with that. I can help you do that without, you know, being restrictive and only letting you have like air and water every other day. Right. I I mean, those are the things. So that's why I always tell people like there are 35 times in a week for you to be on brand basically with whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're doing. And I will help you get there and you can have all the things that you like, but you have to remember, like you can't eat sleeves of cookies and pizza and burgers and lose 10 pounds. So what your goal is and what you're doing don't match up. So we have to make those things match up, but there's no, there's no shame. There's no nothing. It's what can I get? What can I do for you to help you be successful? That's really it. And then I get you 
over that hump. So, you know, maybe it's a lot of motivational interviewing. Maybe, you know, we have to talk about behavior change. We have to do all of these things um, and they take time, but that's how I get it done. Mm -hmm. I love that motivational interviewing stages of change, right? Meet somebody where they are. We have to Um, meet them where they are. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of like, you have this many opportunities to eat well. You don't have to do it every single time. I think so many people have this all or nothing mentality, right? And you do everything perfectly until Thursday. And then, you know, you go out and you have pizza and wine and then you're like, well, I blew it. Right. Um, and th- so and that's not that. Yeah. That's not the way to look at it. It's like you had the pizza and wine. Great. Great. Now move on. Now the next meal is a new chance. Mm-hmm. So if you always attack it in that way, then there really isn't any bad meal. Cause think about it. Like food is how we connect to people. Mm-hmm. It's like the kitchen, this is why like all the kitchens have to be like open concept and like all these things, right? This is the epicenter of your house. So <laughs> we all need to be sharing in a meal with our friends and, you know, um, being close to your family and maybe like you cook together and that makes you feel good. So that's fine. Like go have your pizza and wine. Cause maybe that's what you do with your girlfriends every Thursday night. It's what makes you happy. Do that. But then Maybe in your mind, you're going to say, well, I really have this goal. So I'm going to have the pizza and wine, but we always have the dessert and I'm not going to have the dessert. Like that's a small, a small thing, right? So you still went out, you still enjoyed. And if you do have the dessert, it doesn't matter. Nothing bad is going to happen. So maybe this week you lost one pound instead of two. No big deal. Right. That's fine. That's fine. It'll be more sustainable in the long run. Yes. And I think that because there's so much information out there from experts, doctors, trainers, all these people, and and then you see like, oh, this celebrity did this diet. It's like, right, but the celebrity has chefs and trainers and people to take care of her kids. You know, even one time Sarah Jessica Parker, after she had her son, she very candidly said, because everyone's like, oh my God, you bounced back. And she said, I have money. That's what she said. I have money. I have means. I have somebody who takes my baby for me at night. I have a trainer that I wake up with every morning and I have someone cooking my meals. So of course I'm going to bounce back. And I was like, yes, that is the realest thing. And I think that if more people really recognize that, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you cannot achieve that same success, but maybe the rate that she did it at is not, you're not going to have the same because you are a regular human. We're not, we're not, we're not SJP, although I wish we were (laughs) right. You know? So, so those are the things I think that people really miss because they just think like, Oh, this person did it. And this person is so thin and this person is so beautiful. And we want to emulate what this person looks like. It's like, why don't you just like look inside yourself and and see what makes you happy about you Mm -hmm. so that you can be more successful. Yeah. And I feel like as far as the celebrities go, it's like nine times out of 10, they say like, oh, I just, I'm just running around like chasing my baby and then we just fell off. And it's like, uh, no, like you probably got the tummy tuck and then you have your trainers and everything that you're saying that Sarah Jessica Parker did. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like unrealistic expectations. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I have had some of these celebrities and it is true. They'll work with me. And they'll, maybe they'll do a little bit of surgery, but they'll never say that. And, and like, it'll just, no one knows that I exist. And they're like endorsing some shake or some powder or something. I'm like, why won't you tell people that you did hard? It was hard work. Right. It was work. You had to, you know, like dial in and you had to cook more at home or, or however it was that you executed those things. And maybe you had to be a little less social, or maybe you realize that you drink a bottle of wine a week and that's 
contributing to that and you want to slow it. I mean, like all of these things, I think if people realize that everyone, even the celebrity is a real person struggling, trying to maintain, they would see it in a different light. And we, maybe we wouldn't have all of this disordered eating or, you know, I mean, obesity and disordered eating are very complex systems, but that could be a good start, I think. There are few things that I love more than a sparkling bevy, and I have a new favorite, okay? Clean Cause is literally my afternoon pick-me-up that I look forward to every single day. Ready? So it is sparkling orange ginger yerba mate. For those who don't know, yerba mate is tea, and they have other amazing flavors like peach, lemon lime, berry. They're all delicious. But my other favorite thing about this brand is their mission. So I don't have to tell you that addiction is an epidemic in our country, and it's one that is really important to me because of my own issues with it in the past. And Clean Cause is on a mission to support recovery in America. So 50% of their profits support individuals in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction, to date granting over 1,500 sober living scholarships, totaling more than $750,000. It is amazing. So these drinks are organic. They contain 160 milligrams of better caffeine, like I'm talking smooth sailing, pick-me-up, sustained energy, no crash, no jitters. And they have eight flavors, including the ones I told you before. They also have watermelon mint, blackberry. They have cherry lime. So delicious. All of them are low calorie with low or no sugar. Clean Cause is available nationwide at Whole Foods, Amazon, and cleancause.com. And you can get 20% off your next purchase at cleancause.com using the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E. Again, that's cleancause.com, C-L-E-A-N-C-A-U-S-E.com with the code BLONDE. B-L-O-N-D-E. And you can feel good knowing you're getting a quality beverage and helping someone else. So where do you stand on things like gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, soy-free, you know, everything free? (laughs) Well, I think that first of all, you know, we want to eat as like unprocessed as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you you eat unprocessed, you're probably going to feel a little better. Your gut's going to feel better. So we want to get around to that. Um, I think eating dairy-free is, is fine. You know, like after age one, people really don't need milk. Um, we have, we have many studies that show that like milk leaches calcium from the bones. So it's not necessarily the best thing. Um, and you know, we do know that it causes inflammation we know it causes acne. So you're not missing anything by not having dairy products. Also in the same vein, you know, like a non-fat Greek yogurt has a lot of protein and can help keep you full. So mm-hmm. why not? Right. You know, if it doesn't bother you and maybe you're doing that a few times a week, like there's nothing wrong with that. Gluten-free the same, you know, a lot of people are allergic to gluten. That's a real thing. Like, so if you have celiac, don't eat gluten. You know, also, I, I also have a lot of people that come into the office and they'll be like, I think I'm gluten intolerant. And I'm like, okay, we can take tests, we can do whatever. And then they'll I'll get like a diary recall and everything they eat is so overly processed. Like you're having cookies, you're having, you, you know, like whatever, like this vegan cheese over here. And, but, and then you had it with like 
three dinner rolls. And so a lot of things are also in excess because people restrict so much. So I always try to get people to like, all right, let's go back to basics and let's really see if you have that allergy. If we start to increase protein, add complex carbohydrates, eat a piece of fruit, go ahead, everyone eat the freaking banana. Nothing bad is going to happen. Right. And so, so, so if we, if we get, when we get there, then people will be like, Oh, actually I'm okay. I'm like, right. Yeah. It's just that it's just the eating was so disordered because you were trying to stay away from all of these things. Cause you didn't know what what we should be having, what we shouldn't have. So I think because there's so much narrative out there around what we should and shouldn't eat, that is where the problem comes. But I think if you know that something bothers you and you want to stay away from it, that's fine. But remember like sugar-free strips the sugar, but adds fat, right? Or sorry, Mm -hmm. that's fat-free strips the, strips the fat, adds sugar, which makes fat. Sugar-free has chemicals in it. I mean, like it's not going to be just like free and clear. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe sometimes it's okay to have the one little piece of cake because you don't do it all the time mm-hmm. and it's fine. Um, it's when we're doing it every single day that we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, why are we doing it? How does it make us feel? Do we like the results? And if we don't, then we should make a change. Kind of interesting because I, I've i had gut issues off and on for years. And so a few years ago, I cut out, you know, gluten, dairy, X, Y, Z. And recently I was like, you know, I feel like I live in LA, so it's easy to eat gluten, dairy free, all of that. Sure, sure. <laughs> but sometimes like if I'm out with my husband, like I want to share the piece of pizza or whatever it is, you know, and over the years, I feel like I've developed this fear. Like if you feel like if you eat the dairy, you're going to like explode or something like that. And so yes. I started doing an experiment. I was like, I'm going to have a little bit of like Icelandic skier. I don't know how to say it, skier. Because I used to have that all the time and it's really high in protein. And and so I did that and I was like, oh, I feel fine. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to have like a piece of Ezekiel bread with my lunch. And I was like, oh, I feel fine. (laughs) It's so interesting. And it's so freeing to be able to, you know, incorporate those foods and not have this fear. I think that a lot of us have this narrative around it because we've been told that it's like, so bad for your gut, so bad for your hormones and this, that, and the other thing. And I mean, it is very individualized, right? But it it is individualized, but you did your experiment and look what you found, right? When you get good quality, Mm. minimally processed foods, you're going to be okay and not to excess, right? So one yogurt twice a week, Mm -hmm. Icelandic, so processed differently, right? Mm -hmm different. You're going to feel better. A piece of Ezekiel bread, it's going to be better. It's going to be less taxing on the system. Well, yes. If you were doing that every single day, you would have a problem. If you were drinking milk, right? Like, (laughs) so every, my husband and my children are all are lactose intolerant. So just by default, there's like no lactose in the house. (laughs) And the other day, somebody bought me like a a protein shake that was milk based, but I'm like, Oh, I don't have any problems with milk. I'll just, I'll try it. Cause I wanted to taste it. My stomach was in like, it was disarray. Oh. Was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm like, it tastes good, but it really made my stomach hurt. And it's really cause I just don't really have dairy. But to yeah. your point, if I have my ciggies or my skirt, nothing happens to me. Right. If I have that one piece of pizza, you know, Friday night is pizza night with my family. Sometimes I have the pizza, sometimes I don't. If I have it, nothing happens because I'm having one slice. I also have a really large salad. That's just the way that I choose to eat because to your point, it's like I have some gut issues and I don't like that feeling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like want to make, 
yeah, I don't want, I don't want stomach pains. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, um, it is kind of, I mean, it's a privilege, right. To be able to afford these kinds of foods. So what about people who can't afford the Ezekiel bread or the, you know, gluten-free unprocessed Icelandic skier, all this kind of stuff? Yeah. So there are ways I do this a lot with my clients and like, you know, because I think that it's important that nutrition and wellness is accessible to everyone, mm-hmm. I'm like 95% insurance based. Mm-hmm. So I get all kinds of people, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, always really nice. And then I really work with people to ask them to plan their week so they can plan their meals so that they don't have a ton of waste and they can buy some higher quality products, right? Mm-hmm. So you do not need an organic banana and you do not need organic coconuts or mm-hmm. avocados, right? There's like the dirty dozen, like you don't need organic Brussels sprouts, for example, mm-hmm. or onions, right? But it's nice to have organic dairy and organic meat protein, like meats and, and eggs, right? And then that bread. So if you could plan out what your week is going to look like, and then you're able to find and hone in on the things that are non-negotiable. Like, you know, we, we do need to have organic this or that. Or, and even with the meat, like hormone-free is reasonably priced, like no antibiotics. And so those are ways around it. But again, to what you're saying is true. It's not, not everybody knows this and it's not accessible to everybody. So that is the thing that we need to work with like legislation and laws and really get out there and serve the community as, as best you can. So like any chance I get, I always make sure to do like any kind of free lecture or just like somebody want, can you talk to my cousin? She can't, she doesn't have insurance. Yes. I'll talk to them. Cause I just think the more that you put it out there, then that person can go tell the next person mm-hmm. and then more people will know about it. Um, and you know, I do know like, like snap money and like wick and food stamps, like, in New York, at least, you can go to farmer's markets, which is really, really amazing. So then you know that people who really can't afford organic fruits or vegetables, they are able to go and go to a farmer's market and get higher quality food with their government assistance, which is not like the solution forever, but it's a really great start. And then hopefully we can, you know, all work together to build on that. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really great. But yes, you know, it's funny when people are like, I don't eat organic. I'm like, you do know when you go to the restaurant, unless it says organic on the menu, it's not organic. Right. And like, what? And I'm like, uh-huh. They're like, but I was at Le Cirque. I'm like, I don't care. That's, <laughs> that's not what they're feeding you. Right. And they're like, huh. So that's the thing. People don't understand food. It's even, you know, how I tell people kiwis have more potassium than bananas. And they're like, what? This is like a lie for a million years. I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah true. So, so because people don't understand like where their food is coming from and how it's sourced, mm-hmm. um, so, but it's not, also not their fault. There's so much information out there. It's confusing. As I mentioned, I get a lot of questions about how to stay eating healthy right now. And my answer is usually along the same lines. And that is be prepared. I don't know about you, but when I'm home all day, I just end up grazing and not eating actual meals. And we've got to do what we've got to do right now, right? But having meals ready is key. And this is why I love Saqqara. They have organic, ready-to-eat meals made with powerful plant-based ingredients. And the menu is crafted by chefs weekly, so you'll never get bored. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all made with ingredients designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. 
maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but I want to keep it real. You guys know, I think, that I'm not fully plant-based and I still love Saqqara because I'll just add a piece of salmon or something to the meal and I don't have to do a lot of work. Along with delicious meals, Saqqara has daily wellness essentials and herbal teas to support your nutrition. So to boost results, you can try the best-selling Metabolism Super Powder. It's an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. It's amazing. And you guys also have to try the bars. You know that I'm addicted. So Saqqara is delivered fresh nationwide. And you guys, they're offering my listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash blonde. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash B-L-O-N-D-E or enter blonde at checkout. Again, sakara.com slash blonde to get 20% off your first order. So some of that information out there, there are a lot of diets, a lot of trends, intermittent fasting, keto, food combining, paleo, whole 30, high fiber, all of these. How can people navigate these? And what is your belief? I mean, are, are any of these effective? Does it just depend on the person? Or is it just at the end of the day, like finding a lifestyle that's, that's comfortable and sustainable for for each person? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of the things. So first of all, you have to figure out what's sustainable for you, right? And so like, I have shift workers, like people who work at night that come to see me. Intermittent fasting works for those people, because of the way that they live, right? They're sleeping when people are working and they're working when people are sleeping. And so everything is off and their metabolism is very slow. And oftentimes they gain a ton of weight. And so intermittent fasting helps them, right? right? And so, so that's, that's really great thing. Or someone who's really traveling on the road a lot and they aren't able to like bring a cooler bag with them so that they can eat on the subway or something. Right. So that person also is, is a candidate for intermittent fasting with the caveat saying, a lot of times people use that as like an excuse to just like binge later in the day or to eat like really terrible things or like overconsume alcohol and sweets. So if that is what your you know propensity is towards, then it's not ideal for you because we do know that people will overeat. So there's that. I think that like keto, keto is just Atkins induction right? Like the whole point was you dropped your carbohydrate load to 20 grams, and then you slowly added five grams of carbohydrates every day until you reach some threshold. And then you could be losing weight. Keto in the hospital, we cycle it. You can only live off ketone bodies like six to eight weeks. I know that they're saying, yes, you know, it improves diabetes. It improves like your cardiovascular, like lipid profile, but that's just today. What are we, what are they going to be the effects in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? We don't know. And we as Americans always have to take things to this next level. So I'm looking over somebody and they're like, I'm keto. I'm like, oh my God, you've got like 32 ounces of steak on your plate and like mounds of cheese. Like, oh my, and then they're drinking wine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get healthier. You're like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. (laughs) So, so, you know, I have a really good friend who wrote a really great keto book and it's amazing. And we always talk about how people don't understand like macronutrients. They don't know what a protein is. They don't know what a fat is. They don't know what a carb is. They don't know that there are carbs in their vegetables. It's a, it's difficult to execute properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if people execute it properly, responsibly, have the right amount of fats, 
the right amount of proteins or ingesting lean proteins, then I would feel safer about that because again, we don't know what the long-term effects are. Or maybe, you know, you're predisposed for clogged arteries. So you doing keto is accelerating that for you. Right. So I don't know that it's always like the best. Um, Whole30 for me is also a tough one because it is it's like very restrictive. Right. The general, the general idea, you know, like don't drink bottles of wine every single night, like chill on the mm-hmm. sugar, eat some vegetables. Like this is all makes sense. This yeah. is not like rocket science, but it's so, so restrictive. And then everybody's always like, what do we do on day 31? Or, or even like when people are like, I'm vegan because I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but then did you know how to eat vegan? They're like, no. Right. And, and I always get vegans who come to me who are like, I want to lose weight, but I, I don't cook food. And I'm like, okay, this is, you, you gotta, you gotta be a little prepared. Cause you're not, mm-hmm. unlike people who, ha- you know, even vegetarians who maybe eat eggs or whatever, those people can grab and go when you're a vegan, it's you're eating beans and bread and, you know, fake cheese, which I don't think is also the best thing. Right. right. So I just think the more varied you are in your diet, like, yes, eat more, eat mostly plants. You can have animal protein too. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Um, have some fruits. It's okay if you have chips sometimes. You know, like eat the food that's out there. So process sometimes is fun. It's good. I, I love some Doritos. I, I'm always like, I'm like intuitively, I like Doritos. Yeah. And my friends, are, my friends are like, no, you don't. There are chemicals in them. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I love them. I just don't eat them. <laughs> just, um, just the truth. And so I, I think that when people hear that, they're like, oh, okay. That makes me feel like, okay, that's better. I fine. There's all these things out there. I can try them and figure out what works best for me, Mm -hmm. but it's always what works best for you. If what works for your, for you and your family and your lifestyle is being vegan or vegetarian, that's great. Like, let's do that properly. Let's make sure you're getting all the right nutrients in. you're getting all the right amounts of protein, the right fiber, you know, you're drinking enough water, you don't feel bored, you're able to maintain your weight, all your labs look great. Like, let's do that. But if you're just like, oh, I'm going to do that and, you know, eat French fries every day, like, yeah, it's not healthy. I'm so curious about the food combining one, because I'm seeing it. It's very popular among influencers, I guess. And I don't understand it. Can you explain? (laughs) Yeah. So this is like nothing new, right? That's like the best part of the whole thing. Cause I'm I'm like, what is someone's like food combining? And I'm like, wait, I, this is what we tell people all the time. (laughs) I know, I know that like, sometimes they're like, don't eat um, don't eat a, a protein and a grain because it's not going to help your, your blood sugar is not going to be stabilized properly. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's is, that is not true. <laughs> so you want protein, fat, and carbohydrate at most meals so that your blood sugar is stable. When you have spikes in your blood sugar, you tell your liver, make calories, store fat. And also it has you craving like junky carbohydrates, mm-hmm. right? But here's the thing. If you are like algorithmically for me, I do everything off of like numbers. I never have my clients count calories because I think it just makes people crazy or macros either because people are like, I have 198 carbs left. What do I eat? I'm like, this is, don't do that. (laughs) This is why, this is why I said no macros. So I, I will simply say like at lunch, you should have five ounces of lean protein. If you're going to have vegetarian protein, like beans, for example, that would be a half a cup. You would always have one, one to two cups of vegetables at lunch and at dinner, green non-starchy vegetables. 
you would have one serving of fat. What does that look like? A tablespoon of oil, cheese, whatever, right? And then you could have carbs. If you can have starch one time per day, I would say, usually two, because most people exercise a lot. So maybe that would look at your breakfast meal just to like help you get that energy. And also at lunch, because it's nice to front load the carbohydrate so that after dinner, you don't have this propensity looking for sweets. Right. This is very prescriptive and that can be a trigger for someone who does have disordered eating or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it for everybody, but that is basically food combining. That's right. it. Right. So just like stabilize your blood sugar so that you don't overeat later. Right. This is, yeah. they're not, they didn't come up with something fancy. This is like, <laughs> really, it's also the easiest way to be on a plan and lose weight and not feel like you're super deprived. Right. Because you're like, oh, I can have an oatmeal at breakfast or, oh, I can have a waffle or no, I can have a sweet potato, you know, at my lunch and all all of these things. So that's why we do it that way. But yeah, it's just, it's just another way to like make it sexy. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. That's, that's what that doctor was saying too. He's like, you know, at the end of the day, like it is an energy balance but that's not sexy. And, and for everybody like who's posting like, Oh, I went keto and I lost 30 pounds or whatever. You're not seeing all of the people who did it and it didn't work for them. So it's not just this panacea. IF isn't a panacea and keto, all of these things. Can we talk about emotional eating? Because I feel like that is um, probably pretty prevalent right now. I mean, we're all feeling a little stressed and uncertain and, and there's just so much going on. So Do you have any tips around that? People don't acknowledge what they're feeling, right? They just feel pain and then they just start eating or drinking or doing whatever it is that makes them feel good. And then what happens is your brain starts to take over. So I feel pain. I feel unhappy. Oh, if I reach for this chocolate, that makes me feel good. If I reach for this glass of wine, that makes me feel good. And mostly people reach for wine. It's like a really big thing amongst like young women that come to see me. Mm. And so, because what happens is when you drink alcohol immediately, like two sips in, you become relaxed, very, very relaxed. And then you feel like, okay, I feel so good. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you basically like withdraw from it in like in the night and then you wake up and you don't feel great and all this. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing that people need to do is first, like acknowledge what's going on. Like we're stuck in quarantine. Things are uncertain politically you know, a lot of people have suffered like very great losses. This is a lot of overwhelming things for people. So acknowledge that feeling. And then it's shifting the perspective. So I'm overwhelmed. Nighttime is when I'm overwhelmed. My kids, whatever it is, right? Okay. I'm going to go for a five minute walk. I'm going to go stand outside on my front porch and just like breathe in the air. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm going to meditate, or I'm going to call a friend, or I'm going to walk the dog. So studies show that if we just do one slight shift, that can help us. And it's seven minutes. We need seven minutes to acknowledge like this feeling, this craving, this emotional eating thing. And then we can move past it basically. Mm -hmm. But it's also at work, you know? So if you know that that's something that you do, you know, there's nothing wrong with seeking out the help of professionals therapists, dietitians, you can, you can get life coaches. There are many people that can help you to see this, understand like the root cause and keep 
moving forward so that you can be successful. It doesn't have to be like your destiny, right? This, right. this emotional eating. But I think the first step definitely is the acknowledgement. Yeah. And I, th- I think so many people feel like there's something wrong with them. They're broken because they over they have this emotional eating or binge eating or something like that. I certainly used to do it. And for me, it was everything to do with the emotional stuff that I was not dealing with and nothing to do with obviously hunger or anything like that. So it's so important for people to hear. It's so important. And you know, like even during quarantine, I took this like spiritual development class. I just was like, this seems like interesting. And I have like time and it was really great because you really had to look inside yourself with a group of strangers. Mm -hmm. And so because you did that work, like you're saying, like you've had this in the past, like you're able to, to be like, oh, this is, this is my stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I have to look at it. I have to look at myself in the mirror, acknowledge my stuff and move forward. And that, that's really it. And everybody has stuff, everybody. So I think the more people hear that, and I think, especially for me, like my clients, one time I had a client that was like, I want to be like you and not eat the apple pie. And I'm like, well, I mean, I eat the apple pie if somebody gives it to me. And she was like, wait, really? I was like, yeah. That, did I tell you that I don't eat pie? She was like, no, I just figured like you were thin. And so like you don't eat pie. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think the more that people like us are also relatable and we tell the truth and we acknowledge our struggles, the more that other people can have success and be like, oh, I heard this girl, she's a dietitian, but she says sometimes she eats cookies and pie. and she you know, she makes it work for her. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, it's all right if I ate the pie because tomorrow's a new day and a new, and I'm going to go do some exercise. And I think the more real we can be with people, the better it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I get messages all the time from people being like, oh, I wish I could eat like you or I wish that I had your willpower. And I'm like, I eat, like I am a mess sometimes, you know? (laughs) Like, just I just get sick of my own. I, I don't have a low threshold for like being uncomfortable and being unhappy and not acknowledging things. And I think like back to your point, like the awareness is so important, like being aware of what's under, what's underneath that stuff and, and uh, taking a step back. And I love the seven minute thing. I didn't know that that was the time I'm going to, going to implement that. (laughs) Yes. And you can always send me a message and I'll talk you through it because that's like my favorite thing. I always tell people because my clients will text me and they'll be like, I really want this wine right now. And I'm like, okay, well, remember you had wine last night and the night before, and you told me that you feel that wine is a crutch for you. So now let's talk this through and maybe I'll call them and we'll have a conversation. And then they'll be like, oh, I don't want the wine anymore. Right. It was just, just a little distraction or like, tell me what you're really feeling. Like, oh, well, my husband pissed me off. My kids are screaming and my dog won't stop barking. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's annoying. I get it. Like right. this, this is real. Like that happened to me yesterday or whatever, but I didn't drink the wine. You don't need that wine. And they're like, oh, Right. And that's it. Just, but yeah, it, life is uncomfortable. That's, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah, people have to get used to that sort of thing yeah. for sure. Stop. What is one thing that you think a lot of us are doing that we should stop doing when it comes to food? And what is one thing you think people could benefit from doing? If that makes sense. What should we stop doing? What okay. should we maybe well, start I, doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. First of all, I think that everyone should stop shitting on themselves about what they're eating. Like enough. 
I like when someone's like, I was really bad. And I, I get so annoyed when I hear that. I'm like, you were not bad. Who cares if you had a brownie? I mean, like yesterday, my, we're at the beach house. My friend put a bowl of salt and vinegar potato chips. I looked down, they were gone. I was like, I guess that was me. He's like, I helped you. I helped. I'm like, okay. But I, I had a fun time watching a movie with my friend. I, I've known since I was two years old and her daughter is my goddaughter and all the kids are here playing. So nothing bad happened. Nothing bad happened. My clothes still fit. I probably didn't get any. Everything is cool. So I think that people need to be varied in what they're eating and be kind to themselves when they're eating it. That's, mm. that's the thing. And I think you would benefit from getting off of these fad diet pages. Mm-hmm. Like I could sit here and give you the dirt on every single person who developed whatever diet, who was on the New York Times bestseller list. I know all of them personally, and I know they all have their own shit. You don't need to strive to be like that person. Just be yourself. That's and juicy. drink a lot of water. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a, that's enough. That's just that's just for you and I a personal combo. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like <laughs> but like everyone drink water. Can you drink your water, please, guys? Drink water. I love that. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the thing. Like everybody, just stay in their own lane. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? Okay. Vanessa Rosetto RD or Kulina Health. We've got a lot of practitioners. We take insurance. We've got some really great, smart people that we work with, that work with me. And I love them all. I feel very grateful. And uh, I'm always dropping some fun tips and also fun recipes on my Instagram. You are. And the Kulina website is like my favorite website. It's stunning. It's so aesthetically pleasing. So many helpful articles. So everybody should definitely go check that out. Thank you so much for saying that. We worked really hard on that on that website. So that means a lot coming from you. And yeah, I think you're. I think you're so great, and I love listening to you and following you. So oh, thank you thank for you having so me. So much. On. Thank you. hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.